Hey, everybody, and a merry holiday, happy time to you. It's a very <laughs> special <laughs> holiday episode of the Scene Stealers podcast, and I will have you know that the in, in the atmosphere right now inside our podcast booth, 7% cinnamon, just just in time for the season. It's very We're, festive. It is. With just We're going to talk about a couple of movies today and then maybe get to some movie news um, if, if the power is still on by the time we get there. Um, first, we're going to talk about True Grit. Coen Brothers, return to cinema. <laughs> after, after a year off. Their yeah, <laughs> exactly. Triumphant one-year return. Yeah. And uh, once we're done talking about that, then we're going to move on to the King's Speech. I should also mention that in addition to myself, Trevin McGee from Lawrence.com, I'm here with Eric Moline. Hi. From ScenesStealers.com. I'm joined once more by our special guests on loan from DadsBigPlan.com, Aaron Weber. And Alan Rapp. Hello, hello. Jingle bells. <laughs> See, festive. Festive. It yeah, festive. we're good to go. We all have Santa very hats special on episode. and nothing else. So we've got these two Christmas movies to talk about, neither of which actually have a Christmas theme. Uh, but uh, Revenge, then, I think. Uh, revenge, <laughs> sure. Uh, and then after that, we're going to do some movie news if we have time. Yeah, so let's so start off. Let's talk about True Grit. True Grit. All right. So uh, just as some research, I'm, I may be uh, the one person... Uh, who, who considers himself to be a, a big film fan, history of film fan, mm -hmm. who doesn't watch a lot of John Wayne movies. I probably have seen five John Wayne movies in my entire what's, life. What's your excuse? Why do you not watch them? Uh, well, you know... Um, <laughs> he hates John Wayne. We're really going to get <laughs> off track here. Uh, but but for me, John Wayne is an archetype, and he plays the same kind of a person in every mm -hmm. movie, and I understand that The Searchers is different. And John You know Ford, why I don't watch John Wayne movies? No. Because he's a giant racist. Okay, well, there you go. Went on uh, record as saying that African Americans shouldn't be allowed full civil rights until they've gotten higher education. Fair enough. That you're, explains the Genghis Khan casting You're dead choice. to me, John Wayne. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, so w what this is all coming to is I uh, watched the original True Grit this mm -hmm. year. Uh, with John Wayne um, to prepare wait, wait, myself. Wait, you watched it with John Wayne? With the ghost of John Wayne, the <laughs> racist ghost of John Wayne. Anyway, and Glenn uh, Campbell, the, g the ghost right, of and Glenn, Glenn Campbell, Glenn Campbell, who's still alive, but his ghost was there. He's rolling over in his grave right now. Oh my God, I need a small vacation. The ghost of his kidney. Um, yeah. So, so this is the famous <laughs> role of Rooster Cogburn, uh, the the crusty old uh, um, one-eyed. One-eyed fat man. One-eyed fat man. Yeah, who goes out and and uh, and helps this young girl kind of uh, avenge the death of her father Life by tracking down uh, this this outlaw, uh, you know, who mm -hmm. who uh, who murdered him. And she's uh, she's plucky to say the least. Mm -hmm. And and in she the original, spunk. She, she got spunk. In the original uh, True Grit, I felt that the actress that played this role, whose name doesn't come to mind right now, was really annoying. She was mm -hmm. kind of shrill, and uh, I know that she was supposed to be a little charming, and we were supposed to root for her, but I didn't. And I really liked Haley Stanfield um, in, in this new version, uh, in the Coen Brothers version. I thought she had a lot of charm, uh, and, and she did a kind of embody uh, the spirit that I thought... Um, that the first girl should have had, yeah. and and uh, and and Jeff Bridges then goes and he's taking on this role that as made Rooster Cogburn. as Rooster Cogburn that that actually got John Wayne his his only Oscar, and so you you might think you know that's those are tough shoes to fill. Mm -hmm. um, Bridges has such a different take on it though uh, that that I really enjoyed what he was doing as well. And the Coen Brothers know this this is based on the novel, right? It's not a remake. They're saying it's not a remake of the original True Grit, but they're taking the Charles Portis novel and they're 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 adapting that into a film. So they were trying to kind of ignore 
you know, the, the original movie. And I think that, that they've done a really good job of making this her story yeah. and making it come alive from her perspective. And also uh, using this old language, the way that they used to speak in, in the Old West back then, uh, it's it's not riddled with uh, four-letter words like they like they do on Deadwood, yeah. um, because they're still trying to maintain you know some sort of uh, level of of s- civility. Um, but because of that, I think there's a lot of postmodern humor in this well, movie, a lot of funny moments, and it was a lot funnier than I thought and, it was. Going and that's to be. the thing that that really struck me is how funny this movie yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they always have black comedy in their movies, the Coen brothers do, but I felt that this was even more of kind of a mainstream film than they're used to. It's certainly PG-13. Well, so. it, this is definitely quirky, but it's not their usual kind of off-putting quirky. It's, it is much more mainstream. So you're saying John Malkovich doesn't go after anybody with an axe? <laughs> <laughs> okay, when is this movie funny? Oh my like, god! Uh, when, when really? is it? Are you serious? Yeah, yeah. Didn't think it was funny. Didn't think. Didn't laugh at it a single time. Watched it, and no, I mean, all right. I got a screener of it, but I watched it in a dark room on a fifty-five inch Trinitron. It was the only um, focal point for my attention. So it's not exactly Trevin's the movie bringing theater. this up because he already told me he didn't like the film, and no, I said that you were probably on your laptop doing a bunch of other yeah, stuff. Yeah, he, made, and not he does attention. what he always does. He made up an excuse for why I wouldn't like it when I did. Because I can't no just not sane like person something. couldn't like this movie. What are you talking about? Plenty of people haven't liked this movie. Are you talking about the Hollywood Foreign Press yeah, Association? I am. The same people that gave uh, Madonna uh, uh, <laughs> a Golden Globe over right. uh, Francis McDormand for, for Madonna <laughs> on more than one occasion. <laughs> No, I, 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 I just don't see where you're coming from at all. I, I really but, thought but this no, was a story that my was real, really entertaining. My real question, like, like when, like, and I'm, when is I, it I was trying to make a joke, but okay. it's, at it's the same n- time, like, when, when were the? F- it's not like they're the telling happen? jokes, but a right. lot of the humor just comes from the situation, mm-hmm. right? Uh, again, that's it. Again, yeah. I, okay, so no, well, what I said before was postmodern, and what I'm, what I mean by that, without getting too filmy, is that I think uh, that that they have the kind of humor. That we have these days, um, I think that they 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 were really aware of what was happening, and probably more aware than than the people who would actually this have happened to back then, because they're using this language. I think that uh, we're allowed to laugh at it, and they're allowed to laugh at the situation that they're in, and and I think that back then you wouldn't have that kind of humor. I don't think that it it's not a realistic so, movie. So I think they're it, using. When is it funny though? I need to Matt know. Matt like, Damon's when, Matt Damon's character is, it is okay. It is was funny when Matt Damon spanked to the little girl and said all that stuff about how if he had a good mind he would do something to her but she's not that attractive i thought that was hilarious because child rape yeah as we've established with eric it, it, is always it, funny. you know in eric's defense Just to the last in eric's defense it was really really funny when she woke up and a stranger was in her bedroom and he said some really cryptic stuff and then made a pretty overt reference to raping her in her own bed and then walked out of the room Hilarious, but but just his dialogue. His, his dialogue is very <laughs> funny throughout. Just his his the way he holds himself is the, humorous. The the thing he said about Cogburn's eye. I thought you were gonna say the sun was in your eyes. That is to say your eye. That was a funny line. Okay, so that. let's let's take but it away I, from I, specific I, for, for moments me, and just yeah. say this, right? Matt Damon's character is full of hubris. Mm-hmm. He's this guy who who's a Texas Ranger. He's a Texan. Yeah, and he and he's and he's you know he really thinks he's the bee's knees. Mm-hmm. And here's Cogburn, and he's got this whole another. <laughs> I'm getting back there. I'm going back there. 
Cogburn has this whole other set of values, right? Mm -hmm. And then in the middle of that, you've got this girl who's looking at both of them and saying, you guys are both full of shit. Right. You know, and and I think there's a huge amount of humor to be drawn, to be mined from that situation. And I think the Coen brothers pulled out every ounce of it that you could get. And I didn't think any of it was insulting. I actually think True Grit is one of the funniest movies of the year. Funnier, mm -hmm. far funnier than, than movies that probably uh, bill themselves as comedies. I, I, I think this is a really smart, funny film. And then in addition to that, uh, it has that sort of uh, hero's journey, you yeah. know, and and uh, and. and Maturity, maturing of, of, of the young the girl, but then also hated in Tron. <laughs> but by the but, way, but all of of of, uh, of Jeff Bridges' character yeah, as well. All, all of Cogburn's values fit inside of his whiskey bottle. Yeah. <laughs> That's the thing is, I mean, I I didn't I didn't like the movie. I didn't dislike it. I was just kind of, I mean, it's a five out of ten for me. Just right, wow. right in the middle for me, which is uh, saying a lot for a Coen Brothers movie. I mean, based on the Coen Brothers sliding scale, I was really disappointed because I mean. Come on, the rest of their body of work is is awesome, and this just was so so I've standard in, in in so many ways. All so the way across. You're going to rank this underneath Lady Killers. <laughs> oh. I'm, I'm going to rank it above Lady Killers, but below Barton Fink. Oh well, well, but Barton Fink Barton is Fink is like way up, way there. up there. Yeah. Okay, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah, no, <laughs> well, I just, I, just no, I, I agree. Barton Nothing Fink says okay. Christmas to me and the holidays like a snake pit. Yeah, <laughs> that to me, that's, that's true. That's Christmas, and right that's there. True. Eggnog, snake pit. And eggnog. and although that scene is short, it it's it is, awesome. That's it that's is. like my favorite scene in the whole movie for sure. So and and I think that it was, um, I mean, I'll say some nice things about it. It's, it's not a bad movie. It's just I was underwhelmed by it. Um, the, I think the cast is really strong. I I really actually I wanted to spend more time with um, um, Josh Brolin, Tom Chaney, the the sort of boogeyman that they chase. Um, and I liked the time we spend with his gang, and when you meet Lucky Ned Pepper, I really like that Barry Pepper played Lucky Ned Pepper. But um, that was a that was a, a a good scene and some good exchanges. And the idea that they had sort of built up these bad bad men, and then you meet them, and they're just as confused and lost, right. and and you know they they have their own reasons for doing what they're doing, and they're not. I just I guess what I'm trying to say is I really appreciated that they weren't sort of. Um, Prototypical, yeah, and just bad guys. made right. made to be like, oh, big, so, big bad guys. And so that's all they are. you're really complimenting the movie on on one of the things I was talking about earlier because it's really traditional, right? It, it's not a revisionist western Agreed, at all. Yeah. It's a very traditional the way it's laid out, the way it moves forward. But then when when you finally do meet the villain, there are still these strange little moments like mm -hmm. that that happen. And I think it's those, really like those kind of moments peppered he, throughout the film that yeah. makes it, you know, a really a really special film. I I'm looking forward to seeing it again, actually. I really and like it, the scene where he tells Maddie Ross, "Lucky Ned Pepper runs into her and tells her, they're they're having sort of an exchange after she's run into them, and she says, my pistol jammed.' And, yeah, it'll happen. You know, it wasn't he wasn't being menacing. Yeah, you know, sometimes it happens. So the, those moments I enjoyed a lot, but because it was so traditional and it felt like a lot of when moments like that weren't happening, it feels like a lot of other Westerns I've seen. In terms of the character types, in terms of the people involved, there wasn't much to it that, I, and I, I didn't think, I didn't think Bridges did anything really great with Cogburn. He just made him an alcoholic, like, and he already was kind of a, a fat, 
that one eyed drunk. So he I loved Bridges' performance. That. I thought I thought him and Damon absolutely nailed it, and they were doing something uh, that I thought was different from what we've seen from both of them in the past. And 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 I think they had a really good handle on the on the humor. You yeah. know what I mean? So I I don't know. I I think that you're maybe overreacting to how traditional the movie uh, story it was, and expecting something more from the Coen brothers. Uh, a little bit crazier, a little, uh, you know, more forward thinking. But I no, think they just told the story as, as well as it could be told. Yeah. You think Eric takes it personally when you don't like the movie? I do, and I think that sometimes really he, he tries to rationalize why you don't like it. Yeah, I'm looking um, for excuses. But you love the color blue. You yeah. love blue. You've, I've seen you wear blue before. <laughs> I know that you like it. Your eyes are blue. <laughs> you like green. You like green. But Green's no, this close you know, to blue. You know, I'll, I'll have to side with Eric. I think not only is it humorous, it's very compelling. Oh, agree to disagree, I guess. That's actually a really good jumping point off or jumping off point in our next film, uh, The King's Speech, because I'm going to mount a similar argument uh, as to what Trevin just mounted, uh, and and come down probably a little harder on this movie than I should. Uh, so I, I guess I'm just a giant hypocrite. <laughs> uh, so so Alan and I saw The King's Speech last week. This is a a, a movie this week. This is a movie that um, recounts the events. Uh, of King George VI, who was uh, thrown into uh, uh, being the king uh, very unexpectedly and uh, had a speech impediment. Um, he's, he's stammered since he was a small child, and uh, an Australian uh, with very... Uh, this, this is the part where if I, if I start explaining the movie, it's going to sound like every movie you've ever seen before, but a, an eccentric Australian comes in and he says to the king, if you're going to have to play by my rules if you want to you know, fix your speech and you want help from me, and Jeffrey Rush plays him and, and Colin king, Firth. That's not a knife. This I, is a knife. I, yeah. I, I, I saw the trailer and I needed an insulin shot after the trailer. Yeah. I mean, it, it's just... By, by the numbers. Yeah. Well, okay, so Aaron hasn't seen the movie, but but as you guessed it, uh, uh, my, my biggest complaint about it is that um, it, it does hit all those marks that you're already expecting it to hit. Now, uh, is it a bad movie? No. I think the King's Speech is very effective, and for people especially uh, on, on Christmas who are going to see uh, a, a, mo- a movie that, that has a, a more highbrow uh, setting. That they, they don't want to go see Little Fockers? Exactly. If you don't want to see Little Fockers, uh, and, you're, and I think I think that you will come out of the King's speech uh, feeling good. It's definitely a feel-good movie along the lines of something like Billy Elliot, which, again, I think we're talking about a very strict formula, well-played British actors. Colin Firth is a shoe-in uh, to, win, to win Best Actor, and he did a really great job not just uh, being the, quote, um, God, how do I say this without being Relu- offensive? Reluctant king? No, or the handicap person. <laughs> it's always somebody with a handicap who wins the Oscar, right? Or, 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 or a disease of the week, or whatever. So uh, he is he 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 has that el- you know that element in the mm-hmm. in the movie. Um, and but he does. You're right. He does do more than that. He he actually there are moments of doubt that cross his face, and and moments of like extreme pain uh, that that are obviously told without words. <laughs> Because <laughs> you can't get them out. Anyway. Um, <laughs> oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, jokes are always funnier when you explain them. Uh, so, I, I will. I will. So, Alan, tell me, tell me why you liked the movie so much better than I did. I, I'm. I liked it just fine, but I'm just saying, with all the hype that I've heard around it, it it's just a nice little movie. 
that I've seen a million times before. I, I will uh, respectfully disagree. With okay, you. tell me why. And 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 is it is it a little paint by the numbers? Yes, it is, but it's also based on a real story. And do do they make the do they make the one character a little too wacky, perhaps? Um, but it's so well told. It's the the entire film is well framed. You you are with this character from very far from when he takes the throne to the biggest moment of his life and the movie builds very slowly up until that and that the scene where he actually gives his speech the speech um that is necessary not only to keep his position but to give his people comfort in the middle of world war ii as they're about to to you know journey into world war ii it's 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 not only is that a great scene, it, the whole movie radiates that energy to me. The best thing about that scene that I really liked was um, that it just kind of happened. Like, we'd been, we'd been watching the movie, and, and I guess it's around two hours or so, and I didn't realize that scene was about to happen, you know? Yeah. It just, all of a sudden, we were there, Well, all the, and, and it yeah. was effortless. It, it was it's, it's that history hits him yeah. before he's ready for it, and he has to deal with it. Right. And I like how the scene plays out where... He doesn't have all the time to get the speech ready. He has to, you know, where right. as as he has to do it now. Right. And, and and technically, there weren't a lot of montages in this film. There was just mm. one, <laughs> <laughs> one quick kind of training montage where oh look, he's standing on him, and oh she's sitting on him, and he's blah blah blah. And now what? he's saying crazy <laughs> words. What and, the hell? You know, because they because it's speech and your diaphragm and all that kind of stuff. Where, so where, they're they're, where they're going? Oh, to, they where stand they're going on each other because of speech. That he can do. Yeah. Right, yeah, and they're, they're doing things that aren't kingly, and they have a big you know. There's yeah, a big tell me about the scene. I, I've heard a lot about the scene where he um ha he he basically declares or, or proudly. Um, recites uh, a bunch of uh, curse words. Um, yeah, so so there's a big uh, thing um, because the king's speech got an R rating for language, uh, and and it which was kind is of mostly a, in that one scene, right? And so that's why everybody was really angry about it. There's nothing else in this movie that would that you would consider offensive by any means, mm -hmm. um, but he uses uh, swearing as uh, a way to get to the next the next portion if he gets hung up right. on something. It's, so one, it's one of many tricks that, that his teacher teaches him to. Mm -hmm. he, he notices that he doesn't swear, or he doesn't stutter when he swears. Right. So. When he swears, be, when so he, he sings. When you get to that point in the film, does, you know, when, when Doolittle realizes that he loves, <laughs> you know, when she loves Professor Higgins, mm -hmm. they do I mean, sing. They do it? sing. Yeah. Does it really work? It I is. Mean, it is. It is another and and a long line of uh, crazy eccentric things that um, that serve as releases for for the audience because uh, you see how the how the how royalty has to act and you see uh, how they have to carry themselves out and very rarely do we get to see them do something different. So when something like that happens, it's it serves the story well and then the audience you know really enjoys. It. I, I mean, I can't say I, I dislike the film. I just uh, Tom Hooper directed it, who I think is a great director. He yeah. he did The Damned United uh, just a couple years ago with Michael Sheen uh, and Timothy Spall, and I thought that was another story that was just you know story before sub or style, and and that was well told as well. It was about an English soccer team, and I don't give two hoots about English soccer, and I thought it was a great movie. So not a, one. Uh, not a single hoot. <laughs> he's, he 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 did it again, and he, he he's very efficient. I think he knows what he's doing. Um, I just thought, with all the hype, it should have been a little, a little more. It should have been a little more you, poignant. You or something. just would have liked it more if Tom Green showed up and jerked off an elephant. Now that is—that's <laughs> just not even. 
I was going to go with King well, how Ralph. Do you, if you had to go back to Freddy Got Fingered. All right. You know, do we need to talk about Condor Man? I mean, is that where we're at here? Condor Man is a great movie. Yeah. Well, so is Freddy Got Fingered, but that's another Condor discussion Man completely. Condor Man Tron... Look so, like so, so what, what, what we're saying is, is it's a film that the people will enjoy, absolutely, and, and they should definitely see. Is it a movie that will make my mom cry on Christmas? Yes. Okay. Yes. yes. And and it's settled. It, it wins. It. Even it even wins. if even if you think but it's a little like too little fuckers, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, me that's, cry that's, that's on Christmas. Christmas. But won't. but even if you think it's too predictable, it's worth it just for Colin Firth's performance. I think it's it really worth is. it uh, if you, if you like going to the movies. If you, I mean, it's just like what you mm-hmm. said about Tron. Uh, last week, you know, if if you're going to see a fun, dumb movie and have plenty of eye candy as an antidote to everything else, Tron works. Uh, I didn't agree with you, but in this case, I think if you're going to see, uh, you know, an inspirational uh, film with a with a, a, you know the historical setting. So, Eric, see it. let me ask you: Do you like Let's this better than last year's example, uh, The Blind Side, the historical feel-good family movie? Do you like this movie better than that one? I've never seen The Blind Side. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> All right, well, from now on, we've been respectfully disagreeing way too often, so from now on, um, all disagreements will be settled Name with calling. sword fights. Yeah. yeah, sword fights. I think they should be settled with pulling out the one movie from, from somebody's <laughs> past that everybody else in the world hates. All right, well, we're going to end it on that that note. So uh, this is Trevin McGee from Lawrence.com um, with Eric Moline from Scene Stealers. Again, thanks to our very special holiday guests, the twin elves from dadsbigplan.com. Twin Aaron elves from, from different Santas. That's a twerk. <laughs> Aaron Weber and Alan Rapp. Thanks a lot, guys. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Yes, it was. <laughs>